Well, if you would, take out the Word of God and turn to Proverbs chapter 31. And I know some of you women go, oh no, relax, it's going to be better than you think, I hope. Um, We do honor moms today, and I want to say this before we get started. In our culture, there's a very secular, ungodly notion that you don't make distinctions in the roles of women and men, gender. It's a very secular, ungodly way to think. We have moms, and God has given us mothers. He's given the gift of motherhood, and we celebrate it as a good gift. And those thoughts even trickle into the church in a very deceptive way. Um, Motherhood, as we've said over and over today, is hard, it's difficult. There are Folks here who want to be moms and can't. And this day is very hard and it's very difficult for you. And we don't, we don't deny that. And we don't look over that. Uh, there's some of you here today who your moms have passed away. And we realize today is very, very hard for you. And we, we don't gloss over that. Uh, we're thankful for you. And we want to be there for you in those ways. But the way the church functions is when other people receive blessings, we rejoice with them. That's what Romans 12 tells us to do. When there are women who get to have the gift of being moms, we're happy for them. And we walk alongside them and we encourage them. And then as moms, when there are those who are suffering, uh, on the other side of the issue, we walk with them too. We suffer with those who suffer. That's the way the church functions. You don't just ignore blessings, the blessing of motherhood. And you also don't ignore suffering, the tragedy that comes along with motherhood or wanting to be a mom. We don't ignore that. As a body, we walk together with that. And so we're not some bland blob of just good doing people. We are gospel people, and we face our roles. We face our suffering and our success head on. And so that's what we want to do today. And today, I I feel very burdened about what I want to say today to moms. Uh, I think we live in a time where we are able to peer into one another's lives in ways like we've never been able to do before through social media and other ways, and we're making one another miserable. And at the front of the line of this misery is moms because they spend all day comparing themselves to everyone else and they think they're supposed to be something they're not. And they wallow in misery a lot of times. And I hope today is good news for you. So when you saw Proverbs 31, you went, oh, no, not another Proverbs 31. I can't take another Proverbs 31. I I hope this is going to end good for you. So if you would, stand in reverence to the reading of God's perfect word. Proverbs 31, I'm going to look at verses 10 uh, through the rest of the chapter, and we're going to hear Proverbs 31 read at this time, beginning in verse 25. Hear the word of the Lord. Proverbs 31, verses 25 through 29. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well 
to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Amen. Let's pray together. Oh God, we hear your word and we um, hear it uh, from the mouth of a child and it still shakes us. It still penetrates our heart. It is your word that you declare is a two-edged sword that lays us bare. And God, I pray today that this time would be encouraging and, and refreshing for the glory of Christ, not just for moms, but for all of us who need to look to the voice of wisdom, who need to look to the one who has worked for our salvation and the one who has clothed us in his righteousness and the one who is raised up and praised and will be praised for all eternity, your son, Jesus. God, make this about Jesus. Make this about the gospel. God, make this about grace and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. What do you love about your mom? She does laundry, she cooks, she cleans, she teaches me school, and she takes me to practice. We were at IHOP, I guess it was three or four years ago, and it was Mother's Day weekend. It wasn't Mother's Day, I want to be clear, it was that weekend, and IHOP had one of the little coloring things. I don't take Danae to IHOP for Mother's Day. We'll go to Sonny's or something like that today. <laughs> but on the table was, what do you love about your mom? List what you love about your mom. And we went around the table and the kids are, are talking about what they love about Danae. And it was over and over and over. And it was getting kind of humorous. She cooks. She cleans. She does laundry. And over and over and over. And I have six kids, so it was taking a while. And finally, Danae said, yep, I guess that's all I do is cook, clean, and do laundry. And, and I felt sorry for her in the moment. I was like, that didn't go the way that we had planned. You were to be encouraged by that. And I think she just was overwhelmed by all of the things that she did. She didn't realize she did all of those things. And she was getting tired just listening to what they were saying that she did. And if you're honest, that's the way Mother's Day feels for a lot of moms. This sort of list that's rattled off, and we heard some on the screens today, that list of all the things you do, it, it's almost like the traditional uh, tie or socks for fathers. It, it's just a list. You hear it every Mother's Day. I cook, I clean, I do laundry, I go to practice, I take school. I look over and over and over. And, and if you're honest, it almost, Mother's Day can almost wear you out in that way. As you think about all that you do, and so often on Mother's Day, we come to this chapter, Proverbs 31, and you look in on Proverbs 31, and what you see at first glance is just another list. All the things that you do, all the things that you are supposed to do. And you know you're supposed to be excited about the Word of God. You know this is the wisdom of Proverbs. And you are supposed to rejoice and have joy with this big list of all the things you do. But you look on it and it almost wears you out. And Mother's Day is supposed to be refreshing. It's so you're supposed to be honored. And yet you look in on this chapter, Proverbs 31, and you see another list. Now, first of all, 
This isn't supposed to be read as a list. We have to understand what the book of Proverbs is. It's a collection of wisdom written to young men. It's a collection of wisdom handed down by kings to men who are going to be kings, and they're telling them what wisdom looks like. And through the book of Proverbs, there's two voices. There's the voice of wisdom, and there's the voice of folly. And the way the writers of Proverbs write the book is they personify these two voices in women. You have the voice of folly, which is a woman who entices you to sin. And folly is like a one-night fling. It is momentary and it ruins your life. That's who folly is. Don't follow the woman of folly. And then you have the woman of wisdom. Marry her. Wed yourself to wisdom. She is going to provide you with glory. She is going to provide you with joy. She is going to be self-sacrificial and refreshing, but she is the woman of wisdom. You are to be wise is the point. You will be refreshed and you will have joy if you are wise. You are to reject folly. You will ruin your life with folly. That is the way the book of Proverbs is written. It is written to personify wisdom and folly. And we get to the end and the author is summing up the book. And he sums it up with the words of a mother to a foreign king. And she says, son, this is the sum of the matter. I'm going to tell you who you should be. You are to be wise. And the way she communicates that to him is Marry wisdom. Be a wise man. Always be looking for the wise thing to do, which is to fear the Lord always, to tremble before His Word. If you do those things, if you marry yourself to wisdom, you will be refreshed. But as we see in this chapter, this depiction of wisdom, we do see what a wise woman looks like. As we look at what wisdom does in any life, a man or a woman, we do see what a wise woman looks like. But notice verse 10. Who, who, who is this you're to wedge yourself to? What kind of wisdom is this? What would a wise wife look like? Look at verse 10. These words from a mom to a king. He says, an ex, she says, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The word excellent here, it means virtuous, it means strong. It's used of soldiers in battle. She is a strong woman. She goes to battle for you. She is precious. She is hard to find. And so he begins, or she begins here talking to her son, and she says, a strong wife is like a warrior. She is a precious warrior, and she is hard to find. She, she is, she, she's like a ruby that, 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 that you, you don't even see in the world, the word even used here. You, you can't even find these kind of jewels. 
That's who a strong wife is. She is a precious warrior who's hard to find. But what does her strength look like? Notice verse 11, the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. His heart, his whole being relies on her. She is an asset to him, not a hindrance. And the way this is described here is his home His kingdom, his house is full of spoil because his wife is like a warrior who goes out and fights for him and fills his home with good things. She is loyal. She is faithful. She is committed to his good. He finds rest and delight in her. Now what what she's saying to her son here is don't chase after the hot, gold digging, nag or shrew. You will spend the rest of your life trying to appease her. Look for the self-sacrificial warrior who is committed to your good. She will be a fountain of refreshment to you. Notice verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and works willing with her hand. These were the materials used for clothing and work. And and she investigates those things. And she works with willing hands. The way this should be translated is the pleasure of her hands. She is pleased with her work. She's not whining and complaining about it. She's not doing it begrudgingly. She's working diligently. She is like ships of the merchant. She brings uh, her food from afar, meaning she does whatever it takes to provide for her family. She's even at the ethnic food store making sure they have variety here. She's out looking for the best deal. She's out looking for the best thing for her family. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household, household and portions for her maid. Her mission is to care for her household. She's the first up, organizing and preparing for the day. She's personified as wisdom here versus the sluggard who lays around in bed in the book of Proverbs. And no one is overlooked. Even the servants are provided for. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands and she plants a vineyard. Now, when we read that, we we think gardening and we think tomato gardening. In this time, this was this a vineyard meant you have to buy a field. You have to construct massive walls and towers around it. So so this is a strong woman. Verse 17, she dresses herself with strength strength and makes her arms strong. She, she girds herself. She is getting after it. Verse 18, she perceives her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She has great endurance and grit. She gets it done no matter how late it takes. Notice this. She's the first up and the last to bed. Sound familiar? Some of you were up last night saying, get your clothes in here. We got to get all these clothes ironed. You got to look nice for Mother's Day. And you were doing all the work into the night. And then this morning, you were the first up for Mother's Day. We're going to look nice and we're going to work. I'm going to work my tail off to make sure you look nice on Mother's Day. That's what a mom does. That's what the woman of wisdom does here. She puts in her hand, her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. Uh, Notice this, this woman is industrious. She's doing whatever it takes throughout. She is couponing. She's gardening. She's sewing. She's doing whatever it takes to get it done for her household. Then verse 20. She opens up her hand to the poor and reaches her hand out to the needy. She is sacrificial and she is hospitable even to the most needy. 
to those who can't do anything in return. You're having to tell this woman, stop bringing needy people around here. Stop doing and giving so much. Verse 21, she's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all of her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. She is prepared for the future and not just prepared, she is prepared with the finest of things. Her family feels like royalty because she's got it covered. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She sacrifices her reputation for her husband. And I always get to that verse and I have to stop. Because there's no woman who does that better than my wife. When our kids were, I don't, I, I don't ever want to do this when I preach this text, but I just can't move on. When our kids were young, and again, we have six kids, and I'm never at home at night, and I'm always out at the church visiting, doing things. I was a youth pastor, youth retreats, college retreats, preaching here, preaching there, meeting after meeting. I promise you, before God, she's never complained once about it. She's never said, why aren't you here? Why aren't you home? She never wants. And even, that's probably not always a good thing. I probably should have been at home more. She never complained about it. Never has and never will. And so any benefit that you get from that, from me being somewhere or doing something, uh, you need to praise her for that. She never complains about it, not once. She is concerned with her husband's reputation, with her husband's success and work. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. She is resourceful. She is business savvy. She's not running the credit card up frivolously. She is, she, she is careful with money. Verse 25, strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. She displays a joy and trust in the confident, confidence in the Lord's goodness. She's not fretting. She's not frazzled. She is her family's rock. She is clothed in strength and dignity. She opens her mouth with wisdom and teaching of kindness with her tongue. Her, her heart is harnessed by the Lord, so her tongue is harnessed by the Lord. She's not whining. She's not complaining. And when she speaks, she teaches what kindness looks like because she only uses her words for encouragement. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She runs the home. Things are moving. Did you get your homework done? Are your baseball pants clean? Did you pack the food? Did you wash the dishes? Did you schedule the doctor's appointment? What time is this? What time is that? Have you paid that bill? That's her. Now, you see that some of you go, oh, I thought this was going to be refreshing. You see throughout that this warrior is busy. She's not popping bonbons watching HGTV, whining and complaining. She's getting after it. And her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praises her. Many women have done excellently. They have succeeded 
but you surpass them all. You are a woman of wisdom who rises to the top. Notice charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. This outward appearance, it's temporary, it's paper thin. There is nothing there but this self-sacrificial woman of wisdom. She is a rock. She is a fountain. She is refreshing. She lasts for a lifetime. And notice, it's a woman who fears the Lord. The Lord is her priority. The Lord is the center of her life to honor Him. And that's what makes her other-centered. She's not at the center. And it says, give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Stand up and honor her. The, The book ends with praise For the woman of wisdom, she is enriched. Her self-sacrifice comes back to her. The woman who denies her reputation in the moment, she obtains reputation the long term. She is a woman of wisdom. And when we look at this praise here, I would just give you a tip today, kids, dads. That's what your wife wants more than anything today is for you to just look her in the eyes and say, you're doing a good job. You're a good mom. Kids, you're doing, look your mom in the eye today and say, I love you, I'm glad you're my mom. You're doing a good job. Not a bad mom. I love you. Relax. Praise her today. Thank her. Be intentional. That's what she wants more than anything today. Not just, what'd you get done today? Really? can't tell. (laughs) I never do that. Now, we make our way through this chapter, and we're sitting around going, oh, wow, you said refreshing, you said gospel, you said grace. I feel like a failure. You were just hitting me one after another with things I'm not really good at. Now, some of you are sitting there going, I do all that before lunch. (laughs) And you missed the point, too. Imagine if this was just a to-do list and a lot of books and a lot of sermons take that and make it a to-do list and it's unhealthy and it's wrong and it makes moms miserable. It makes women miserable. Imagine this. Make sure your husband is always happy. Grocery shop well. Garden. Use coupons. Cook. Clean well. Be frugal. Make good investments. Sew. Build. Invest. Manage everyone's schedule. Look like you have it together. Make sure your kids are warm in the winter. Don't gossip. Don't slander. Don't complain. Praise your husband in public and private. And host the poor and needy in your home always. That's the Proverbs 31 woman. Yes. (laughs) Got it. And if you are honest today, that makes you miserable, moms. Because you're trying really hard to do those things. You're trying really hard. Because they're wise to do. Because you won't order. But you fail a lot. This isn't a list to be perfectly carried out in the home. It is a lifestyle. And it is the summary of wisdom, not just for moms. It is the voice of wisdom for all people. It is to fear the Lord. If you fear the Lord and you say, 
God is my creator and king and he has spoken and I have to listen to him and it is wise and glorious and joyous to listen to my creator. If you do that, you will be other-centered. Read all of that. It's all other-centered. You're working, you're providing, you're scheduling, you're doing things for others constantly, not just moms. Everybody here is to live that way. Everybody is to be other-centered. And if you fear the Lord, it's naturally going to flow out. He is going to be the center. You're not going to be the center of your life. God is. His Word, Jesus, the Gospel, that is the center. And by nature, you're going to think more about others than yourself. You're going to be organizing. You're going to be working. You're going to be planning. You're going to be speaking always with others in mind. Now, we do want to say this. Moms personify this better than anybody here. They do because they're always thinking about others. But to do it with joy, the fear of the Lord has to be at the center, not you. And if you're doing all of these things with you at the center, you are probably miserable today. And I have good news for you. Look at me. You're not the Proverbs 31 woman. And you never will be. You never will be. The word of wisdom here is a voice of wisdom. And that voice of wisdom took on flesh. That voice of wisdom girded himself for battle. He is the precious warrior who worked and worked and worked till he was in a garden sweating drops of blood with anxiety over you and your condition. And he worked to provide you his death, his resurrection, and he has clothed you. He has clothed you with strength, his strength, his righteousness. This is about the voice of wisdom who became the word made flesh, who died on a cross for you and was raised from the dead. It is not about you. It's not about you. It is about Jesus. Jesus is the precious warrior. Jesus is the voice of wisdom. Jesus is the word of wisdom calling you today to walk with him. Don't try to do these things. You can't do them on your own power. Don't look to yourself. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Fear him as the Lord and you will naturally flesh out these other centered habits and lifestyles. But if you come to Proverbs 31 and you're saying, oh, this is about me, you're going to be miserable. Now, this is to help two groups of people here today. First of all, the K. Arthur color-coded, highlighted Bible study spreadsheet of Proverbs 31 task people. And you're here today going, Pastor Jeremy, these moms are a mess. Why are you saying it's all about Jesus? Stop, they need lists. They need lists. Let me give them my list. Let me give them my list of how they can be better moms. And you are mad at me right now. Don't say it that clearly. Just allude to it just a little bit. No, take your list and throw it in the trash can because it's making other people miserable. It's making you miserable too. There's good, helpful advice. Maybe don't throw it in the trash can. But there's good, helpful advice, but it has to come in light of the gospel. And then there's another group. It's the I'm a mess, hot mess, I guess. Get over it. Not another Proverbs 31 study. Amen, the struggle is real. Tell me it's about Jesus and move on, crowd. 
Now, let's be careful because that attitude will also lead you to hopelessness and chaos and misery. See, some of us think being real and honest about chaos and all of that and just getting over it is what we should do in the church. We should be authentic. But we have people looking in on our life going, you think I should get married? You seem miserable. Your husband's turning to you going, you want more kids? You don't like the ones you have. (laughs) And younger women in the church are going, really? Other moms are going, I like being a mom. I would like to tell people I like being a mom, but I feel guilty because of you. That's chaos and misery too. There's a middle ground here between our list people and our get over it people. We don't want to preach a false gospel about motherhood. It's not a list and it's not misery either. You strive to walk with Jesus in wisdom and you order your home uh, under the glory of God. But you know you're not perfect at it. Only Jesus is. But you still strive for wisdom. And you also realize this other-centered wisdom, it doesn't leave us miserable. Jesus suffered for the joy set before him. And I'm not preaching some happy, clappy, just smile. No. You can have real contentment when things are a mess. When Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And you got to preach that gospel too. Be real. Be authentic. But there are moms who want hope. And, and, and I'm, 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 I gotta check up just a little bit because I know I'm getting in trouble here. But some of our mommy groups are making us miserable. They are. Because they're full of lists and everybody's one upping each other. Oh, you, you schedule that way? I schedule this way. And this is what I believe about feeding. And this is what I believe about parenting. We tried this and it was magnificent. And our kids are like little robots who walk around, yes ma'am, no ma'am, and everything's great. And we look in on that and go, oh my word. (laughs) Now some people are wired up for that and some people are lying about it. And you may need to just turn Facebook off and stop comparing yourself to everyone else. You may need to leave the mommy group for a while. It's making you miserable. And and then our our groups where we just want to vent and complain with no solution. That we got to be a safe place for moms who are miserable. Come on, give it to us. But we also got to tell them about Jesus. We don't just leave them in their misery. We don't just, hey, the struggle's real, smile. Yes, just get over it is what we're saying. We don't want to do that either. Imagine this, women, if your husband showed up at a support group this week and said, I'm struggling with pornography, I can't manage my finances, I'm passive, I may, my, I may lose my job, and his buddy said, the struggle's real, buddy. And that's all he said. No, you want a man to look him in the eyes and say, hold on, we're going to deal with these issues, and I'm going to help you. 
And we're going to love Jesus together. This is about Jesus. Yes, you're miserable. And yes, you felt at this. But Jesus never did. Let's walk, to, let's walk with Jesus. Let's get in the Proverbs. Let's talk about how we struggle with lust. Let's talk about how we struggle with our finances. Let's, let's order our lives after wisdom. Why? There's joy in that. And some of us have to step in these moms' lives and give them joy, not a list and not misery. But Jesus, if your mommy group makes you think more of yourself, if your mommy group makes you think more of your misery and you are exalting misery and not Jesus, leave it. You'll be happier. Shut it off. We've got to get to Jesus. Jesus is the voice of wisdom. Jesus is the one you need. Jesus is at the center of all of this. He is the precious warrior who perfectly embodied the wisdom you are incapable of. Look to him. As hard as you work, Jesus worked harder. As overwhelmed with you are the needs of others, Jesus was more. And if you feel like a failure, great. Great, because Jesus loves failures. He does. If you think you're righteous and you got it together, you can't have any part of Jesus. Admit you don't have it together. Yes, I've failed. Yes, I'm weak. Jesus is the one that I need. Trust Him. Trust His work for you. Trust His strength for you. Trust His wisdom for you. Trust His righteousness for you. And embrace the joy of doing so. If you make it about Jesus, there is joy there. There is glory there. Run to Jesus. Fight to get to Jesus. Pull others in and let's get to Jesus together. I want to say something to you moms as your pastor. I want to say that you're doing a good job. I promise you are. You're doing a great job. Chill. Relax. But I know who you are. You love those kids so much. You want to be perfect. You want to be perfect. You want to control everything. You want to keep them safe. You want to make them happy. And you're trying so hard. And it's just things every day just don't go the way that you want. And it's frustrating. And you think you're a failure. You're not a failure. I promise. You're not a failure. Keep loving Jesus, loving your kids. Because there's something glorious going on there. And it's not just some sentiment. This, I'm not very sentimental. You know that about me, right? What I'm saying to you isn't, isn't some sentimental Mother's Day pastor, you know, just sort of tiptoeing through the roses. No, there's something glorious and cosmic that goes on in motherhoods, in motherhood. And, and in the book of Timothy, Paul describes it. He, he describes how Eve fell in the garden. And yet then mothers are given this task of childbearing where there is this redemptive aspect in their nurturing where they have the heart of their kids like nobody else. And they are to leverage that for the sake of the gospel. Think about this today. Who has made the most impact on your life? Most people are going to say mom. Or someone who acted like a mom, stepped in my life like a mom. You're going to say mom. And that is, that is what God has wired into the world for the sake of the gospel for you to use. I know how that works in my home. I spend thousands of dollars every year on sports stuff. I do. I, I've spent years, in, I mean, just 
day after day in batting cages on baseball fields, just with my kids, just, hey, I want, we're going to be good at this, and we're going we're to excel at baseball, we're going to excel at basketball, and I spend all of this time with them making sure they're good, and then, or, or they know how to play, and then when the game time comes, the first question I get, is mom coming? I don't care if she's coming. <laughs> Why do you care if your mom's going to be here? I'm the one putting all the work in with you. And then, but I know how it works, because then I'm saying, Danae, Titus is in a slump. I need you to come to the game tonight. <laughs> you have the, your kid's heart like nobody else. And what you are to do is take it and leverage it for the sake of the gospel. Proverbs 31 may not be about you, but you model this wisdom like nobody else your kids will be around. And you are to leverage all of that mommy stuff for the sake of the gospel. Leverage it. Pour the gospel in. Teach them the gospel. Talk to them about the gospel. And there is more gospel in a bin full of diapers than hundreds of sermons. Late night dishes left for someone else to do. Middle of the night feeding. Up early in the morning guzzling coffee. And thinking, these kids would love scrambled eggs today. And they grab a Pop-Tart and leave. <laughs> there is more gospel in that than you know. Running from school, practice to home, sitting in bleachers on rinky-dink ballpark chairs and your Instagramming. No place I would rather be. It's not true. <laughs> it is not true. I promise you would rather be at the beach. I guarantee you. <laughs> But you do that for your kids. <laughs> Meals you prepared and no one wants to sit at the table. And then the prayers of just agony when they break your heart. And they're involved in sin and rebellion and your heart breaks. There's gospel there because there's love there. And then the glimpse of joy that you get when they turn to you and just say, thanks. And your heart's overwhelmed with gratitude. You know why? There's gospel there. God has knit your heart together with your kids in a way he has not done so with anyone else. Use it for the gospel. Pour Jesus into those kids. This is what a glorious, other-centered warrior of wisdom looks like. And today when your kids are going around the table, what do you love about mom? She cooks, she cleans, she does laundry. So, yep, that's all I do. But you know they are speaking of a glory that only you as a precious warrior of wisdom really understands. Let's pray.